Marek Podzinski at MarekBad64 on Instagram is a Polish artist currently residing in Toronto, Canada. His architectural background brings a very interesting appeal to his ink urban pieces and to his approach when it comes to simplifying the reference to turn it into a much more appealing subject matter. If you'd like to know more, join us as we discuss why art makes far better memories than photos, how to keep the same subject interesting to paint, why you should not delete your old art posts on social media, what makes commission work appealing, uh, tip, play this for all your clients, it's going to help you, tips on interpreting your reference, and how to get free chocolate with your art. Not even joking. Want to be part of the show? Then send in your questions or topics you'd like to see covered to our email at hello at etrelab.com. If you send us an audio recording, we might include it in the episode. Hi, I'm Anya, and this is Make More Art, a podcast by Etre, meant to inspire you to keep on creating. Now let's hear from our guest. First question for you. You're Polish, right? And you're in Canada? I'm in Canada, yes. Okay. Toronto. I, I want to hear how that happened, but before, can you take us back to the time that you fell in love with art? Well, that was really very early, so I truly cannot really say. I guess I've been always drawing all my life mm -hmm. since childhood, and mm -hmm. that's probably, you know, the one I can think of the most. Um, yeah. I don't know when it started, but it's been with me throughout. I ended up going to um, a university to study architecture. Mm -hmm. So because of that, of course, I had to use drawing. I had to learn how to draw. I, had to, I actually had to learn how to draw in order to get into the university. Uh -huh. okay. So that's what I, I was drawing much more before university than I was drawing during university, you know, just because you have to pass this admission exam thing Yeah. back in the day. You know, that's different rules, different situation, of course. But yeah, I did that uh, many, many years ago. And, uh, and uh, that was my drawing time. And then, you know, it stayed with me. I've been working with drawing for quite some time in different countries um and then uh, and then kids happen and then you know you get this time of your life where you don't have much mm -hmm. um much time for yourself and uh, that's how you know what i so i had maybe i don't know 20 years of uh, not really doing much of art but it came back to me lately and uh, it's been going absolutely great and it's ramping up and I'm drawing more and more. And the more I draw, the happier I am. Wow. Okay. Two things I want to pick from there. You said you stopped doing art for 20 years? Yeah. Ever, probably. like, counting from the day your kids were born or before that? No, that's... Well, probably when I came to the, to, to my current country, Canada, uh, you, there was uh, other things you just had to do, you know, support the family, get a job, things mm -hmm. like that. Some of it was... Uh, uh, involved, I actually got my first job in, in in Toronto because of my ability to freehand draw. Oh! But but very soon, all of that got killed by the computer revolution, mm. where you know things like AutoCAD and predecessors precursors to BIMS and things like that came up, and everyone started liking the 
computer graphics much more than the freehand things. And that's what mm -hmm. clients wanted. So I simply switched. And rather than using a pencil, I just started using, you know, Photoshop. And uh, that was the next 20 years of it. Uh, but at the end of that period, I really wasn't too happy about just doing digital work. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just so so pristine, so beautiful, but you know, I can do it my way, you can do it your way, and it's gonna be almost exactly the same because we are using the same tools from the same package. The software is somehow limiting your creativity in some cases, especially when we're talking about architecture, which is what I was really into mm -hmm. primarily. Uh, then uh, because of that, I just felt, well, why don't I just go back to a wooden pencil and a piece of paper? Mm -hmm. And that's how it all restarted. The urban sketching? But the urban sketching, I guess, came a little bit later. I, I just started drawing for myself. I guess I was doing urban sketching earlier. I was. I had a time uh, when, um, as a student of architecture, and then after the, my studies, um, I was in Italy, and uh, I was simply supporting myself by doing what could be called urban sketching, because really I was drawing on location, primarily cityscape, urban scapes, those views, those vistas, you know, of the palazzos and all this beautiful stuff they have over there. <laughs> and I was just drawing it on location and selling it to tourists, because uh, those days um, a lot of uh, tourists would still buy um, artwork from local artists. Uh -huh. and, uh, and I just happened to be sitting there on the, on the main piazza, doing something and uh, most times uh, the passing tourists would want to have a memento of their visit to whichever town i was in and uh, yeah and it was affordable for them and it was buying lunch for me so it worked both ways and, and did, did you approach that you know like i'm going to study and make art if i sell it great or did you approach it from the perspective of i'm going to make this to sell no, this wasn't a business. This was really an approach. I, I'm drawing for myself. I always do that. I prefer to draw for myself. Um, I'm only not drawing for myself when I'm doing a commission. And I don't really like them that much. I mean, mm -hmm. they bring some cash. But I find that with commissions, I end up getting stiffer. You know, it just mm -hmm. it's all this. I don't have the same flow. Of, of my hand, of my thoughts, and I will not take the same risks and things like that with commissions as I normally do. So, and as, as a result of it, perhaps it's more proper, but it's something that most of my commissions, they are very proper, but the, are they my sort of my number one preferred sketch? Probably not. Okay, question. So in interesting that you say that. I'm assuming, let me know if this is wrong, that when people hire you, when they commission you, it's because they like the work you do for yourself. So they want more of that. So mm -hmm. what is it? So if they're hiring you to do, you know, the kind of art that you love doing, what is there? What is happening in your mind or your body that makes that switch? That's a very good question, actually. And I was thinking about myself, Anya, quite some time. And I think it's, it, it, it depends on what is the expectation of uh, the person that commissions something. I mean, I typically, I will accept commissions for like buildings, structures. It's usually, it's, you know, their family home, the dwelling, or some kind of a castle they live in. I've drawn them all. Um, so that's really what I, and I know I can do it, and I can do it to their satisfaction. But uh, if they come down with a particular list that, you know, I wanted this size, I wanted in this color, you know, and, and have more of that, and my dog has to be on the lower left corner and the rest of that, 
there is a list of things of check marks to put in, then I find that that probably sort of limits my creativity a little bit. Mm. And, you know, that's not unusual with clients that they come up with their list of their demands, let's call it. Oh, my <laughs> because, goodness. Well, some, some do. Some just say otherwise. This is my address. Call me when you're ready. And I love those because I get, I, I get absolutely carte blanche and I can do whatever I want. I show up, you know, um, on a particular time of the day. I'm always study the the sun directions. I want the, my my subjects to be lit a particular way, and uh, so I try to take that under consideration. And of course, not you know, paint or draw under the rain or things like that. So I prefer to be on location physically. I don't really. I try not to do any any drawings from photos. Why? I mean, these yeah. days. Well, these days it's impossible not to draw from photos because, you know, if you want to be in, you know, in Piazza San Marco in Venice, it's the likelihood of me being there is none. And even for you who is in Europe, it's not that easy either. Mm -hmm. So it's just not happening. But I find that being on location, and this is where urban sketching really comes in, it allows you as an artist to make a record of what you, of the time, and the feelings that you're going through. It's not really what you see only, it's more than that. You make memories, you, you meet other people, you make friends, you, you take in the sounds, you take in the smells of the, of the place. One time I was sketching next to a pizzeria and by the end of my sketch, I had to go in and buy a pizza, you know, like they... <laughs> That's a great business opportunity, you know, restaurants to have great spots for sketchers and uh, they inevitably sell well, their food. Interestingly, you know, mo most of the times, I mean, before COVID, of course, um, me sitting in front of any place would often draw a crowd. And, um, and some um, places, some businesses, at first they were sort of hesitant to see me sit in front of their particular, you know, area. I mean... It's, I'm not sitting on their private grounds, but sometimes, you know, you're in front yeah. of a store. And uh, it happened a few times that they came out to sort of investigate, and I was guessing that they weren't in, entirely happy. But then when they realized that there is a whole uh, group of people stopping by and watching and they're sort of meandering around, and so then that actually brings business to their particular establishment. So they start... They started loving it, you know. Yeah, I got a couple of coffees, you know, and uh, oh. and sweets and chocolates from you know different uh, owners of different uh, you know retail places, oh just as God. a thank you for bringing a crowd, you know. Oh so my that's God! Nice. I'm so definitely going to start sketching in front of places that have chocolate for sale. Great idea! I thank see. you. Yeah, I figured that the chocolate will be the part you'll be interested. In. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this is the highlight of the podcast: how to get free chocolate. Okay. This is one okay. of the bullet right. points, like. Free chocolate, done. We're there. Okay. Now, it's uh, the urban sketching sort of happened that way, although it wasn't called urban sketching, when I was simply going around and making those visual records for myself, because I realized that lately I don't really take pictures of for photographs, I mean, of places I go to. If I have the time for it, I will sketch. And I cherish that sketch much more than a thousand pics that you can take with your iPhone and just, you know, they are just... Uh, one next to the other, and none of my photographs will be as good as a professional photographer can take. So, ah, I rather sketch. Do you think that is perhaps related? Like, now I remember when I was a little kid, getting a photo done was like 
not easy. You know, you had to have a camera because at the time the phones were mm -hmm. to, meant to call people, not take photos. When the first phone with photos, you know, with a with a camera, built-in camera came out, I'm like, oh my God, everyone can take photos. This is so cool. So nowadays taking a photo is almost as meaningless or you know, automatic as checking your social media, you just grab your phone and without even realizing you take a picture yeah. or you check your Instagram or yeah. whatever. So do you think this is kind of taking a photo? You, you don't really focus to take a photo. So you don't really brings back a lot of memories. But when you sit it down doesn't. to sketch, you are not only seeing your subject, you are taking in everything surrounding you like you said the smells um mm -hmm. you don't sketch everything you see which is another interesting thing we can talk about you the memories like the conversations you hear i remember doing the sketch when i went to italy a couple of years ago and when i look at the sketch i remember the conversation i was having with my friends at the time i was sketching about the coffee that was you know we, they were giving us coffee yeah. the most interesting cups and yeah And that wouldn't have happened if you were just flipping through the thousand photos that you have, you know, yeah. on your phone, right? So that's the exactly the same story. N not to mention the fact that I probably can recreate most of those views that I sketched from my memory now, mm -hmm. um, because I simply I spent so much time that it sort of like sinks in. I can, you know, without perhaps much details, but in general terms, the, the, the major shapes and masses, it stays in my memory. I have a visual memory. So that will, wow. you know, it really sinks in deep. Mm -hmm. It's not superficial. And, uh, and probably it helps that, you know, I see that in my, uh, in my work. You know, there's a pile of drawings here and there. And when I go through them searching for something, I'll find something is like, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know, this is where I, I had the coffee or I had the free chocolate or whatever else <laughs> happened there that was actually nice and memorable. And that is uh, uh, it's just a, a great memento for me. It's way better than buying a souvenir with that leaning tower that says pizza. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I remember when I went there. Uh, so having that in mind, everything that you just said, what do you think is the role of art in today's world? I don't know what it is for other people. I know what it means to me. Doing art just simply makes me happy. I'm just a very simple approach. I am much more satisfied and fulfilled when I draw, and I draw for myself. I don't really draw for other people. I do that because I love the process more than the outcome. I like the process of doing something, being involved in uh, in a creation of uh, something that eventually I might like, I might not like, depends, you know, you never know. Wow. There's some kind of a risk, but you end up finding not only what interests you in life, but you also end up finding other people that are like-minded and they sort of congregate with uh, that tribe of yours, you know? And this is what, uh, for instance, the Urban Sketchers as a group, as a movement, uh, they are wonderful people um, that uh, they are pretty much, you know, similar or in a way twisted the same way as I am. And I appreciate that. Yeah, it is a great group. Um... So another question that I have related to what you just said. So falling in love with the process and not the result. This is huge. What does that mean when you make mistakes? Are you still in love with the process then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And mistakes 
happen, they will happen, they will continue to happen. The more you sketch, the more you um, learn how to deal with them, really, because it's not that I don't make mistakes. I do, but I, don't, I just don't care about it that much, not to the point where I would start, um, well, occasionally, when it's a really bad mistake, like one time I actually flipped an entire um, an entire bottle of carbon platinum ink on my paper, then there was, yeah, that's a mistake that you cannot recover from. But then you just throw that one away or flip your page to the other side and start start over again. Mm-hmm. But the, the mistakes don't bother me anymore. It's just part of me being there and, okay, I made a mistake, so what? I mean, if it's really bad and if I'm really ashamed, I just won't be showing it to you, right? That's also the other option because especially these days, we end up publishing, posting things for everyone else to see. So you have a little bit of a, of a filter, an opportunity to, to decide if you are really concerned. But I encourage everyone to post as much as they can because having those drawings that are not, not necessarily at your best in, uh, in the back of your feed, somewhere, you know, in your wall that, that, that appear that picture, how were you as an artist months or years back? Mm-hmm. That gives a point of, uh, it's a relevant point, and, it's, and you can refer to that later on and see, yeah, okay, I have improved, or maybe I have not improved because I'm still painting the same way or drawing or sketching. Mm-hmm. But the, it does give me this uh, particular you know, opportunity to look at myself from a few years back. And... Uh, Maybe if I haven't improved, but my goal would be to change. Mm-hmm. And that change might be for the better or for the worse. It's always the artist individual direction and choice. And some people like it more or some people would prefer that you would have went some other direction. But um, it, that's us. That's, this is what uh, uh, we are searching. And for me, it's just being in that mode, in that zone of uh, doing things that interests me. So keeping keeping your old work in the feed, in a way, it not only helps you keep a check on your growth as an artist, it also helps other artists to feel like they're not alone in their struggle for growth, I guess. Absolutely, because I don't think we should be ashamed of anything that we've done before. You might not be happy with it anymore. You might find more gaps and holes and some technical mistakes or anything like that. But that is not the reason to be ashamed of something that we have done, you know, years back or months back if you are, you know, progressing quickly. Did you always have this kind of approach towards growth and failure? Was it always this quote-unquote simple or organic to you or did it hurt before? It, it hurts sometimes when you are really trying and you are in kind of a competitive environment mm-hmm. where, I don't know, you have to get through some kind of a show or you get to have this, this external acceptance by a panel of judges. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you make it, you are on climb cloud nine and you're very happy. If you don't make it, though, then you are usually traumatized. So... Um, I don't know if if this is that relevant to me anymore that much. It's more probably relevant what the the other people, my peers, uh, that are also urban sketchers or artists, or simply people that like my work, tell me when I end up posting that to some kind of a social media and they know whether they like it or not, or sometimes they have 
comments. Sometimes I disagree with their comments and we have a, a constructive argument here on over that. But mm -hmm. it all leads to um, a bettering of everyone's approach, in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah I, that's, I think I was never really that, that concerned Good. about the, my past work. That's amazing. That's really important as well. Okay, so just to, to establish this in my mind, so you're Polish, but you went to Canada. Where did you go to architectural school? Oh, I, I, I did done that in Warsaw, in Poland. Oh, okay. and then and then that and then I spent quite some time in Italy in between in between being in Poland and being in, in Canada, I spent uh, several years in Italy here and there okay. and uh, had a different opportunities that is there to 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 soak into their culture. Interesting. So you got back into art in university because of your degree. Then when you yeah. went to Italy, you were doing art and you were selling it. But were you working as an architect or were you? I actually, doing... yeah, I was briefly. Yes, it, it happened that I was working as an architect in, in Genova, in Liguria. Um, but they, and at the same time, I was also trying to push some watercolors and drawings, you know, and depending on where you were, because Italy is such a wonderful country that it has so many attractive things that are worth drawing, sketching, painting all the time. I mean, many countries have that. And you know what? I mean, I'm in Canada now, I'm in North America, which from the point of view of uh, someone from Europe, it's not necessarily that interesting, unless you're in, going after the modern stuff. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, I actually found after living here now in Toronto for 30 years that I appreciate my city much more. And I found many more things now that I can, that I'm happy to sketch, especially because I like to sketch physically on location, on site. I will even do that through the winter. Mm -hmm. You know, we have this thing called snow here. And, uh, <laughs> I don't have any. I'm in the south of Portugal. No snow whatsoever. I'm not asking for snow if any godly creature is yeah. listening. But no. we have this thing, and so so winter time uh, sketching in 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 Toronto or in the colder parts of Canada are is, that's a challenge. But you can still do that sometimes. Let's mm -hmm. say from well, you either from a cafe if they were to be open, or from your own car. So I end up doing that quite often, where uh, you just uh, go around the city on a weekend and find a location that something shows that's interesting. Just mm -hmm. sketch that. Of course, nothing beats go walking around or bicycling around and finding those uh, little nooks and crannies of interesting places. But yeah, I'm finding that North America is getting more and more interesting, perhaps because of the mix of whatever they have that's old and the mix of this modern thing that happens. So it's just a, such a dualism and you can find interesting um, views, especially for an architect. So am I right in assuming that you have drawn the same subject multiple times? Yes, certainly, uh, usually from different angles. I mean, I have drawn the same subject multiple times when I was selling that to tourists because mm -hmm. the, the spot on uh, Corso Vannucci in Perugia, in Umbria, you know, that, is, that shows the best view of their cathedral is pretty much limited to three or four archways. So it doesn't matter which one you sit in, that's the best spot to, to draw anything if you are deciding to draw it from location. And that is what I was doing. Um, so therefore, you end up sketching the same thing multiple times, especially if you're, if you're trying to sell it. But that was sort of long time ago. And now these days, I 
tends to just draw one thing once. Uh, I can draw it from a different uh, area, different view, different something, but um, I wouldn't specifically go week after week to the same location to to draw um, the same uh, the same building. Although there's nothing wrong with it, you know, if you want to do that, by all means. So, how do you keep the drawings fresh? I mean, so many people they draw one thing once and they get bored. How do you keep it not boring? Maybe by changing of the subject. Maybe by throwing some additional um, some additional twists to my techniques or to just my approaches. Um, I try to change in between uh, what I do. I mean, most of the stuff I end up doing is um, is ink based. It's 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 a drawing uh, using ink line, and then I either use some monochrome option here of just a gray value or sometimes I use watercolors and that sort of probably covers 80-90% of what I'm doing. Um, but uh, you can bring in additional twists to that, you know, uh, just to just as a play. Um, I was uh, back to Warsaw last year and uh, uh, walked by this beautiful hotel on one of the main streets in, 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 in Warsaw and uh, I decided to sketch the whole thing just with one line, straight in ink, oh. but just with one line. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a large hotel, very classical, neoclassical, beautiful building. It was perfectly lit. And for some reason, it just you know, happened to me that, yeah, let's try to do that drawing. Uh, so I actually did, and I, I had it posted. It's a large drawing because my stuff is usually large in size. But uh, I just started on the upper right corner and just kept going down without ever lifting my pen from the paper and just drew the whole facade and then some buildings along the street and uh, and some shrouds and even the sidewalk in front of. The one thing I forgot to put in, which I'm very upset with myself, is there, there was a street light there. Uh, and it's a... It's a very nice, it's a nice historical shape of a streetlight, and that I really should have put it in, mm -hmm. uh, but I somehow missed it, you know. And um, and I only realized that later on at home. That's like, where is the streetlight? Aww. And uh, and I said, no, I'm not going to put it in now because that was supposed to be a one-liner, so I will leave it as a one-liner. So that drawing went posted. Here you go. The answer to your previous question. Wow. It went posted with a mistake, with an error. It's not as good as I possibly could have had it. Wow. So I am, I am, I get it that you did a lot of uh, ink drawing uh, because of college, and it it comes natural to architects, I, I guess. But you also picked watercolor. So what is it about the medium that you love so much? Probably because of its portability. I mean, it's very few things that beat watercolor when it comes to bringing colors to the field, especially if you are going somewhere far away and you're limited with the size of your luggage and you don't want to, to carry you know, 50 pounds of oil paints with you and things of that sort. Uh, watercolor is uh, really um, a very simple choice. It's a difficult medium, though, but it's it's wonderful if you can master it to a certain degree. It's just uh, it's just so so interesting. Um, there is ways of uh, simplifying that even further. I use a lot of just one one color value work, you know, a monotone. Um, typically, I I I use um, graphite stick. 
um, that is just water-soluble graphite, and I just use that. Yeah, I use it in a similar way as you would use a pan of watercolor. There's nothing special to it. Sometimes I draw with it, but mostly I just paint because my lines are done in ink most of the times, and that's waterproof ink. Although sometimes I use water-soluble, but most of the times it's waterproof ink. And uh, so that's probably what is my go-to technique, I would say. Um, it's, uh, yeah, ink and uh, this water-soluble graphite, the different many, many shades of gray. Um, any tips that you can share with us? So for anyone starting with urban sketching, like laying the inks or trying to get the watercolor working, what would you say? I think uh, the, the, the two tips that I can always share with anyone is simplify your your technical background. Don't bring everything into the field because then you end up having 50 choices of, I don't know, color pencils or what have you. And you end up being stuck with uh, choosing which one do I go with. And the larger your kit is, the longer it will probably take to put it out and set the whole thing up. Um, I'm already going out uh, with a piece of paper, a pen, and um, a brush with a graphite stick. And that is pretty much my entire kit uh, for most of the times. I do have a set of watercolors that I take with me into the field when I feel like I might be doing some color work, but it's not every day. And so I prefer to go lightweight on that. Um, it's you know it makes your life so much easier so that's uh, simplifying the the techniques and the kit is probably one thing the second thing is to look at your subject before you start wor working down before you start drawing because so many people will just copy what they see uh you know in a sort of photographic way but the deeper question is, what do you really want to show? Because you're seeing so many things in a scene. And what is your, what is what, what's the particular element or shape or, or light you know, formation that made you stop and sit down here and start sketching that? So I always take a few seconds or more to look at it and decide what am I going to be doing it? That's actually how I decided to draw that hotel with what just on one line. I just sit, sat there and it's like, yeah, it's such a beautiful building, really beautiful. I mean, I can spend, you know, an hour or two or more or a whole day painting it in watercolor, but I can also try to sketch it in 15, 20 minutes. And, uh, and that's what I did. I actually didn't have that much time to spend. <laughs> and that was, that was the only day I had an opportunity to sketch uh, on that day. So I was trying to squeeze as many sketches as possible. So for me, yeah, uh, simplify your technique, look at your subject before you start drawing and just decide what goes in, what goes out. The goes out is actually very important and it's rather simple because there, there are things that are undesirable there. Um, there's, I don't know, a street light, um, a garbage bin, a, a, a car that's parked that doesn't add to your scene. You absolutely don't have to put it in. You might be able to perhaps move it around to include in your scene if it if it works, if it helps. But if it doesn't help, then no, don't, there's no need for it. Take it out. Simplify your, your life. Wow. Uh, that's Thank you so much. That's Those are golden nuggets. Now, I just want to uh, bring it up. So 
at the date of this recording, you're having your live demo with Etcher on the 6th of March. On the day this episode comes out, it already has passed. Um, but if you did not watch Marek live demo yet, so the recording is up on our YouTube channel and you're most likely still in time to get to his mini workshop, which is on March 26th. So there's still time for that. Can you just give us a short description of what the workshop is like? What will you teach us? Well, the, the, the workshop is exactly what we were talking about earlier. How to draw architecture with uh, ink lines and uh, give it our values of, uh, you know, water-soluble graphite in the case of the mini demo. Or in the case of the actual workshop, we will progress a little bit more and we will go into uh, watercolor pigments, but only two. And, uh, wow. try, to, and try to, you know, relate or or tell a story about what you were seeing through your own eyes wow this is great i'm just very happy what you said because it's true i mean that's why art is just so cool because you like you said you choose what to go in and what gets out and it's your unique your unique view because we all see things differently mm -hmm. you know that's why sometimes Absolutely. i'm walking around with my husband and he's like oh my god did you see that lady with the pink shirt and i'm like i'm sorry i didn't notice any pink shirt but i saw this lady with an awesome yellow hat and I'm like oh that's the one I'm like oh, oops sorry i didn't see the shirt so you know if we were to paint that scene it yeah. would have been totally different yeah so. and we would both be right right and that yeah. is the beauty of art that uh, Everyone sees it their own particular way, and there's nothing wrong about it. And then especially in those sort of non-professional circles of people that are just doing art as a hobby, because that is for me, that is what I do. It's just my, my place that uh, I want to be, because I know that being in my art world will make me happy. Yeah. That is the reason why I come back to it all the time. And this brings us to the end of today's episode. Marek has been offered coffee, chocolates, and other delicacies when painting in front of stores. So, what about you? Do you have any interesting or funny stories you'd like to share? Let us know all about it in the comment section of the post associated with this episode at etcherlab.com forward slash Marek. That's E-T-C-H-R-L-A-B.com forward slash M-A-R-E-K. Or, if you're watching on YouTube, simply let us know in the comment section below. If you're enjoying the podcast, please help us keep the show alive. You can subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts at etcherlab.com forward slash go forward slash Apple. Or if you're more of a YouTube viewer, please make sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to get notified about our most recent videos. Sharing is caring and every little bit helps. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Until then, let's make more art.